Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. We want to thank our sponsor for this podcast, our friends over at Cruise Planners and Wonder More Travel. If you and your family are looking to get out of the house and start traveling again, but don't have a destination in mind, or you need some advice on what is open and what protocols are in place to visit certain countries, give Charity and Janelle a call and they'd be happy to help you plan your next vacation. You can reach them at 785-995-3059 or visit wondermoretravel.com for more information. As always, you can check out our Facebook page as well and we'll have links to their website from there. All right, here we go. Season two, episode number 13 of the Kevin and Philip Project. Philip, welcome back. Just got back from Vegas. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that trip? I'm going to tell you what. We took the kids to Vegas, and uh, that was not the best decision. If you haven't been to Vegas in a long time, let me tell you right now, it is a rough place to hang out. Um, Stimulus money poured into California, comes straight out of L.A. into Las Vegas. And uh, marijuana has been legalized everywhere out there. It's not, not on the casino floors, but walking up and down the streets. And it was a dope-smoking uh, convention is what it felt like to me. I mean, it was just in, it was in the elevators. It was uh, walking up and down the streets. Not that I'm against smoking dope so much, but I don't want it blown in my face all day long. I mean, that's, that's the bad end of it. And there was, uh, it was a really rough crowd. Um, a lot different than the last time I went. And I think it's uh, because it's really cheap. Rooms are really cheap. Uh, people have free money. Yeah. So, in my view, the uh, the Democrats really helped Vegas out a lot. So, I, I didn't talk to you before <laughs> you left, but I heard you had some travel issues. Yeah, we we, um, we ended up having to fly. Remember, the weather was bad a week and a half ago out in Denver. We are supposed to fly from Wichita to Denver. Canceled uh, all Denver flights and then... To try to find a new flight, you know, attach it. We had to go all the way to Dallas, so we drove to Dallas, which was fine. I kind of like getting into Texas every chance I get anyway to laugh at them. But, <laughs> I knew there was a, yeah. <laughs> a backhanded comment no, coming and, Well, I threw my mask into the Red River, so so that, that was kind of nice. And, you know, the truth is we got there and we said, oh, don't be wearing, you know, you don't have to wear a mask, kids. Take your masks off. And uh, the truth is... When you got to the airport, you still had to put it on. There wasn't any changing in the airports. Their rules are different than the governor of Texas's rules. So, yep. so I didn't experience that much difference. But I just the same. We're, we'll get into this in a minute, probably. But the one thing that um, drove us crazy: the social distancing outside of the planes. Our plane was totally packed, yeah. shoulder to shoulder. You, you just it, some of these things just don't make sense to me. Yeah. It's, you stand there and and they try to keep you all separated yep. in the airport and then you just get crammed in a tube and fly over. A, a comical thing that you know they wouldn't hand out drinks or or anything like that unless you specifically asked for it. I'm sure they would have brought you one, but they were very willing to pass out the American Airlines credit card forms <laughs> and everybody and the pins in. and I everything. Go, of course, yeah. I, I'll, I'll take a Coke and spot of the spot of the uh, credit card contract. So anyway. Yep. Anyway, we, that's just another one of those funny things that this thing has brought on us. We might have heard another voice chime in there. So it, it it was only a year ago. It seems like two or three years ago, yep. back on March 12th of, of 2020, we uh, we did a podcast and, and we had a guest on with us, um, discussed the coronavirus at that point. I remember that episode I remember coming back from Oklahoma because we were actually planning on doing it another a week later or so. And I came back. I was coming back from Oklahoma for work, and I said, hey, we got to do this now. Like This is like taking over the world. And so we called uh, our guest, and he was available. He came on with us. To this day, that episode is still the most listened episode that we've had. Wow. So why doesn't awesome. uh, he come on every week? Yeah. Who we're talking about is... <laughs> Dr. Sean Harrington. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for yep. being back Welcome with back. us. Hey, thanks for having me back. So, yeah, people thought he sounded like he knew what he was talking about, right. and, and uh, there was some good information in there, so we thought we'd bring him back and 
kind of revisit that episode and see what we got right, see what we got wrong, and talk about where we are today. So we'll get into that. First off, got a couple beers mm-hmm. open. Philip, no chiladas today. He didn't bring no a beer, so he had to grab one out of my fridge. So he's got the this old standby ultra for him there. And <laughs> nice. Sean's nice KU got, colors. I like it. Yep, it's pretty. Man, I never even I like the red and white on this side. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sean's got the Coors Light, and I've got the refreshing. I don't know if I've had one of these on the podcast, but I get made fun of for drinking them. But the Michelob Ultra Seltzers. Yes. That's it's, what you call a near beer. It's pretty it refreshing. Quite there, but it's, yeah. They, they're, uh, Lisa drinks those a little bit. Very little carbs or no carbs, maybe? I don't know. Um, Very I little don't carbs. I know uh, the answer to no that. No sugar. No those carbs. Kind of things. Yep. Yeah. So, so it's uh, it's something that you can have if you're trying to lose weight, I suppose. Well, you just drink a lot of them, and it just seems like you're drinking flavored <laughs> water, and then they'll hit you at once. So I kind of got spring fever last week. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. I will drink those. Yep. No, that's... Uh, yeah, it got nice, and then it got crappy, and hopefully it's supposed to be nice again this weekend. Yeah. So, Well, let's get into the pressing stuff before we get into some coronavirus talk. Let's talk NCAA basketball. Rounds one and two just completed. Um, hey, none hey. of us have a team still playing in the mm-hmm. tournament. Well, still, unless mine wasn't. You, unless you're a Baylor fan. Yeah, it was, Big 12 was looking Big pretty 12. good yeah. uh, after the first round. What, Everybody but Texas. 7-0 other no. than Texas? Or yeah, 6-1. Uh, six and one. Six and one. Yeah, Texas was the only loss. Looking pretty good going the second round. Everybody was talking about, man, Big 12 is pretty good this year. Yep. We don't hear that talk anymore. No. Oops. <laughs> so, we all made it to the round of 32. Yeah, your your boys had won the first round game, had a chance to get their ass kicked by Gonzaga. Yeah. And so. actually didn't embarrass us. It wasn't as bad, as, as, bad as it looked I thought like it was going to be at one point. I thought point. it would be a 20-point, 25-point game, but they kept it fairly close, so not terribly disappointed in the year they had. Hey, you know, I talked talk to you about it February. Back in February, we were ranked third in the Big 12, and then we ended up just tanking since February. Um, the one win against Missouri was yeah. <laughs> very little light on for outside of that. Uh, and I knew Gonzaga would hammer us. And they, but what happened to KU? Yeah, I was going to say, Sean, anything you want to <clears throat> touch on there before we move on? Because I don't really have anything to say in this argument. Well, you've got to score points, and you got to keep the other team from scoring more points than you to win a game, right? I that's mean, that's the idea. That's, yeah. Yep. yeah. So if you can do that, it's, yeah, you're not going to win the game. Well, what, Coach their Self third worst loss in KU yeah. history? Yeah. Well, Coach Stuff stood up there and just said he was totally outcoached, and I thought. <laughs> It wasn't all that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some guys got outplayed as well. Yeah. Yep. Well, an entering, interesting fact that I saw the other day was that no coach with a beard has ever won the NCAA basketball tournament. With a beard. With <laughs> a beard. I didn't go back and research that. I just saw that on Twitter, but thought that was kind of interesting. Who has a beard? Well, I don't know. We'd have to go back and look. I mean, I'm just saying in this year's tournament, who has a beard? Yeah, I don't know. No, no one We'd has have to beard. go back and look. I don't see basketball coaches with beards very often. Uh, Chris Beard had a beard. Since we're talking about basketball, my Salina Central girls got beat in the state semifinals. We talked about them all year, how great they were. Leading by 15 in the third quarter and, and lost by six or so. Uh, but anyway, ended up having a great year. So, Salina Central girls, congratulations on semifinal. Hey, every, good, almost yeah. everybody's coming yep. back. Have yep. Yeah, good oh, well, the, every starter's back. <laughs> yep. So, well, this was probably the fastest that I've ever lost a national champion in a bracket. <laughs> Who did you in pick? My, <laughs> Illinois. Yeah. So I, um, I think I had Ohio State and Illinois in the final four. So I was um, out I both of those. I think I lost the other one. I think Gonzaga is the only team I have left in my final four. So it, it's uh, probably one pick? of the worst I've had. John. Uh, I did not fill out a bracket this I didn't year. Sure I, I I did not watch as much basketball this year. Did not feel as educated as I have been in the past, which is minimally educated on <laughs> college basketball. But uh, I'll watch KU play. I enjoy KU basketball. I enjoy the fun, the the March Madness and and the championship. But it's I I felt uh, not, not not prepared. Educated yeah, not ready to do it. There, so, yeah. there was a. I think Tanner told me this that after the opening weekend, out of the millions of brackets, there was only like 118 left, and now I'm sure it's less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's not going to be a perfect bracket. No, ORU screwed yeah. that thing up all by themselves. Yeah. yeah. No, it. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, you know Illinois. I think Loyola Chicago is probably 
seated lower than they should be right. because of the conference they play in. Yep. So that's a tough pill for Illinois to swallow. You don't you don't usually as a one seed think you're going to get too much of a game that first weekend. Right. Uh, and then they ran into a buzzsaw there in the second <laughs> yeah, round. Those I guys think. are good. Well, if they yeah. fire Underwood, we'll we'll take him at K State. So I'd be happy to have him come come back to Manhattan. So. Well, we got one other topic we we're going to touch on before we get to the coronavirus stuff, and and that is, uh, if you remember back at the beginning of, of this podcast, I mean, it's been a year ago probably we were talking about this, but we had a little argument about the uh, chicken sandwich wars that were just firing up. Yep. And at the time, it was really focused between Popeye's and Chick-fil-A. Some other people have popped their heads in there now, yep. haven't they? Wendy's has a new one. Um McDonald's, Arby's. Arby's, KFC has a new one. I think uh, I think Burger King either has one or they're getting ready to come out with one. So the chicken wars are full on. <laughs> Phil is still very steadfast in the Popeyes camp. You know I like the McDonald's one too, but it's not spicy. It's just the, but I do like their mayonnaise and whatever they put on it. So That's interesting that you good. say that because I tried this past week. I tried both McDonald's and KFC. And I would put McDonald's at the very bottom, bottom of my list of all of the them KFC. I've tried. Yeah. So well, KFC it's smaller, be, too. It's a much it smaller patty. Yeah. I tried it. That's I, I actually tried it twice. The first time I got it, it was pretty late. So I thought, oh, maybe that thing was made a few hours ago. It was pretty soggy and nasty. <laughs> so I went back uh, during lunch this last week and tried it again. Tried the spicy one this time. It was the same. So Is it a McChicken? No, it's they have a new okay. premium right. chicken right. sandwich. Okay. So, yeah. oh, the McChicken's a good go-to. It, oh, it, yeah. it doesn't compare to those, but it's a, it's the go-to, especially for a dollar. Right. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of way Burger King is. I always like their regular chicken sandwich right. that they have that comes in that really long right. bun if you can get Oakey one bun. fresh. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, I put McDonald's at the bottom. KFC's at this point with ones I've tried, it's probably third behind Popeyes and Chick Fil A. Does KFC still do the where you replace the bun with two chicken patties? And that's your sandwich. I, I, I do you remember that. that? Yes, I do remember oh, yeah. that. I did not do that. Um, I did not sandwich. ask. So we'll yeah. have to we'll have to check that out. But yeah, instead of the bun, you get two chicken patties. So chicken on chicken on chicken. Yeah. Now, let me tell you, I was in Kansas City area, and I don't remember what which Chick Fil A it was, but it was um, lined up. I would say fifty cars deep. At which, least. Was, which was this? Somewhere in Kansas City. Then went to Tulsa, and there's a Chick Fil A just outside of the. Um, the Indian casino on the other side of the, the hard rock casino. Mm-hmm. There's a Chick-fil-A over there and the kids wanted me to take them to it. 50 to 60 car. Line that one is that way five, every day. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I said, Mike, and then I, we came back to sign and we were going to, this is right when the end of the basketball season, where the girls, um, sign central girls played, uh, South girls for sub state. We wanted to run down and get, um, at the kids said, run down to Chick-fil-A. It was literally out in the mall parking lot all yep. the way around. So this eliminates me from going to Chick-fil-A. I'm just Mobile <laughs> order, that's what we do. Hey, and then it's ready when you get there. The one in Joplin close. where our, our son and daughter-in-law and grandkids live, it's the same thing, and it's one of the busiest ones nationwide. But they, you get through there, and you, I mean, yeah. it, you're not waiting that long. We, nope. need, we need the people that run the Chick-fil-A drive through to run the country. That's right. Because they're very efficient at what they do. That's right. So, well, Sean, you got it. You want to weigh in on this on this argument? You got a preference one way or the other between those two? Absolutely, I, I will uh, agree with uh, Philip that the Popeyes chicken sandwich is our favorite. It's, it's worth the, the hype. It's the pickles, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, those pickles I, but are good. but again, I've when you go in to get it, pickles. you're not getting through quickly. No, I no, mean the drive-through no. at Pop, Popeyes is is not as desirable. I feel like the Popeyes built in a poor location it's hard to get in and yeah. out you can't turn back to the north when you come out of it um hard to get to so i don't go there as often as i, as I would like because i just don't like the location yeah but it's better than when they just had the one clear out uh north yeah. of town yeah. so yeah. yeah all right well now that we've got past the uh, hard-hitting issues of 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 today <laughs> let's move on so like i mentioned before so we did a podcast back on March 12th of last year, and so all of us went back and re-listened to that podcast just to see what we talked about, what we got right, what we got wrong. Um, it was kind of interesting. At the time, if you, just to, to bring everybody up to speed, there was one confirmed case in Salina, and there was four in Kansas City, and I believe there was a few in Wichita, but that was it. 
So this is early, early, early on in the coronavirus. One thing I noticed is throughout the entire podcast, we never once referred to as COVID-19. I don't think it was named yet. I think it was still just the coronavirus. Right. Because I remember talking about Coronas and people thinking they were going to get it from drinking Coronas and those sort of things. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I I think there was some... um medical literature out there that had referenced it as uh, SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 and that, but everybody knew it as coronavirus at that time. And yeah. And we also had some conversation around the uh, toilet paper shortage. So I'm glad we got past that. (laughs) Right. That didn't last long, did it? it, You know, it it still is. It actually, it was hit and miss even into the last few months. Yeah. Once again, it hit. But it's anything. I mean, if you go to try buy anything now, you may or may not have access to, you know, whatever it is. Uh, Dorothy Lynch dressing. You you go in now and it'll say at Dylan's. It's a limit, right? A limit now. And they should have. Started that limit up front. Uh, well, there's still a limit on bread and yeah. all kinds of stuff a year later. I mean, I think obviously it. There was we had some serious issues with supply chain and logistics stuff that uh, has come to light because of this. But yeah, I mean, I I was just at Sam's. I want to say it was a month or a month and a half ago, and there was very little toilet paper on the shelf and and paper yeah. towels. I'm like, so people are still hoarding that stuff in case it, I guess, in case it comes back around. So anything you guys noticed from that podcast that you want to touch on? I think uh, we had said at the time, I, and I listened to probably 30% of the podcast again today, and we talked about um, worst-case scenarios. Kept saying <laughs> something about yeah. worst-case right. scenarios. of Maybe we're going to have to close the schools. Maybe we're going to have to do this. I don't think at the time we really thought there's not going to be a prom this year. There's right. not going to be baseball season. Right. There's not going to be girls softball. Um, those, I don't think that we really saw the magnitude of it, no. maybe. Yeah, and, right. Uh, and still, I feel like I feel sorry for those kids. Even to this day, I, I, I wish we could have figured out a way to let the kids play. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's one of the things that stood out to me is I don't think that we really grasped the whole magnitude of where it was headed. I, I would agree. I mean, we, I think, I don't remember which one of us made the comment. One of us made a comment that it's within my, it's probably you, I think, that, it, that it's within miles of He's, us. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, Sean, you can't see me point. <laughs> yeah. It, but it's within miles of us. And, we don't know what the next few weeks will bring. Right. Our entire lives changed within those next few weeks yeah. after we recorded April, that podcast. April of 2020 was not like any month any of us have ever lived through or hopefully ever will again. But it, one of us brought up, or we were talking about cruises. I think you had gone on a right. cruise and you were talking about your experience. And I think maybe I'd mentioned something about, you know, if we're back on, you know, able to get back on a cruise in August. Right. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. Here we are now. We, we just had a, some cruise planners on with us a few weeks ago and uh, the, the ships are still parked is what right. they're telling. Right. And so, and right. they're, I think somebody has said I now saw June. Royal Caribbean. I saw this week, I think is starting to open some June things back one, up, maybe. but yeah. I'm probably not. I mean, so those boats are probably the cleanest they've us? ever been. But I'm probably not going to be first in line for. A I was cruise. going to say, do you feel no. like? I mean, I, I, I think I've, uh, I've asked a few people who I know that, you know, would you feel comfortable? And and some people are looking forward to getting back on a cruise. They've talked about Alaskan cruises. They want to do those. I, I know Kim and I. We we are not comfortable nope. getting on a cruise ship. Nope. nope. The other thing I, that I I remember from listening to, I thought was interesting. Again, just kind of not understanding the magnitude of what about what was about to hit us was. Um, you had asked, so we were right in the middle of spring break, and you had asked about closing. What is it smart to close schools for that extra week after spring break? Right. So obviously, it was closed for significantly longer than that, and right. then and then got back to remote. We, we, we went back. We went to remote learning as soon as spring break started. Right. I mean, it was. We didn't go back to school after spring break, did we? We did not remember. go back to school. I don't. There was. I want to say. There was another at least full week of no school right. before they got to the remote because well, they, they had, had to figure to out how to get Chromebooks to kids, right. get internet to kids. So there was a period of time there. I don't remember exactly what that was, but it was more than a week after spring break, I think. So, and then we were we were talking about the worst case scenario of schools, churches, you know, traveling being shut down, work being shut down. And uh, I think your comment was that's dramatic, but possible. Yeah. Um, again, no idea what was about to hit us after that. Okay, if I'm a believer, Sean, that uh, 
some of this closing, some of this um, uh, the schools being completely canceled, baseball being canceled, is was a little bit of hysteria. Would you agree with me at all on that? I still feel that way. I feel like it was a little bit of hysteria, and we took it even further than we needed to take it. Uh, canceling, I don't know, and you're you're in a different profession than I'm in, right, so right, right. you tell me. Um, you know that's a that's a tough one, Philip. I, I I don't think. I mean, I think there was a lot of reaction and reactivity and hysteria and we got to do this, we got to do that. And and there was that initial delay of, well, we're going to, sh- we're not going to shut things down. But then once things started shutting down and closing and concerts got canceled, school got canceled, sporting events got canceled, graduation got canceled, that, that pendulum then swung way the other way. Mm. Now the caveat to that from the medical standpoint is we got pretty good early control over COVID as far as the outbreak in April with everybody's, I mean, in April, you literally stayed you didn't home, leave right? The house, I mean, right. You, yeah, it was locked down. We have no idea what things would have been like if we hadn't done that. Right. So if April, we hadn't shut everything down. I mean, we know where we're at as far as we, you can get online and look at the numbers of how many millions of people died nationwide, you know, worldwide, nationwide, what the numbers are for, Kansas and Salina, but we have no idea what could have happened if we hadn't have done that. And I personally think that I think I'm, I'm glad it was just for the month of April that it, and then it was that gradual go back to, you know, where we all at least have a somewhat of a get back together, not like April, but if we hadn't have done that, it's scary to think what this virus could have done uh, to our population. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of that, and I've had some some confidential conversations that I'm not going to talk about here, as far as the hospital and uh, some of the things that happened there. And I'm not sure what all you can share with us. I don't want to violate HIPAA or anything like right. that. But it was pretty bad for a while. I don't think people understand here in Salina how bad it was at one point at the hospital between the cases that were there and the employees that were either had it and out or quarantined because they had been exposed and how short staffed it was. Can you tell us a little bit about what you know from that standpoint? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was definitely unprecedented for any of us in our lifetime of practicing medicine, seeing anything like it. Um, the hospital was full and, and it wasn't necessarily full from every bed in the hospital right. was filled. It was, you know, for the amount of staff that we have and the right. capacity that we could care for based on the staff that were able to work, we were at max capacity. Right. But we were, Wichita was, Kansas City, everybody was. Mm-hmm. And so at one point, we had communities in Oklahoma calling us to say, hey, we've got a COVID admission. We have no beds. Do you have a bed? No, we don't have a bed. Okay, go to the next hospital, which may be in another state. Right. And it just got to the point where patients were going from um, their small community, wherever that was, and right. you know, in Oklahoma, to some big hospital in right. in Whoever Kansas. Had room yeah. For them, yeah, and and I had conversations with doctors out in Western Kansas when they called us to say, "Hey, I've got this." you know, 80 year old COPD patient or emphysema patient who's now on oxygen and I'm afraid they're going to get worse. And I, we literally had to say, we don't have a bed. Good luck finding a bed. And maybe right. you just have to have some tough conversations with your patients and people in your community. Cause we don't know what the right, what, what's going right. to, if you're going to find one. Yep. Right. So, yeah. Well, the other thing that we, Philip and I have talked about a little bit and, and I've, how do I say this? I've sat back and calmed down a little bit about this. Um, is the whole idea that the flu didn't exist this year? Because I've talked to some pharmacists in town from, and I've mentioned this on previous podcasts that Tamiflu, for example, you know, I think in the one scenario, I'm just going to ballpark. Cause I don't remember specific numbers, but they had last year from October to February had had given out. 200 or something like that prescriptions of Tamiflu and this year at that same um, span had given out a couple. Yeah. Um, Obviously 
some of the lockdown stuff, probably wearing masks a little bit, people being a little more cognizant of cleaning hands, that sort of thing, definitely would help. But I thought it was really odd that, I mean, I'm 43 years old, and every winter, all you hear about is the flu for a while, and we didn't hear anything about it. So do you think that there was still a lot of the flu, and people just thought, oh, I've got COVID-19, so I'll just stay home a few days. They can't do anything for me anyway. What do you think accounts for the fact that that's all we heard about was COVID, and we didn't hear anything about the flu this year? Uh, The flu literally... Uh, I, I hate to say that it didn't exist, right. but it barely existed. And same with RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, mm-hmm. which is the viral illness that affects everyone can get it, but it affects young children more and it causes bronchiolitis, uh, strep throat, uh, other viral illnesses. Um, the social distancing, the shutdown, the masking, um, all of that contributed to us not passing infection at a rate like we usually, usually saw. Yep. And even with all that, you still had COVID-19 penetrating the population enough to where you saw people getting sick, people dying from it. And so if you can kind of go back and look at how fall and winter 2020 to 2021 went and look at the number of people you know that got influenza versus the number of people you know that got COVID-19, even if they had minimal symptoms, that right there tells you how much more contagious COVID-19 is compared to even the standard influenza Mm -hmm. and how dangerous it could have been if we hadn't have done those things that's what all the epidemiologists and virologists were telling us. These things are spread by us being around each other and spreading germs to each other. And this is a highly contagious virus that is easily spread and transmitted. And we know that there's a certain percentage of the population higher than influenza that's going to die from it. And we can't predict who those people are. So, so I, this is a medical fact that it is more contagious an easier spread than the flu and RSV and everything else. I, we I think just about. based on what we saw in the last 12 months, there's no doubt that it is more highly contagious than influenza and RSV. Do, do you know why that is? Why it's more contagious? Um, I mean, I you know, I, I think it has to do with, uh, you know, there could be some, uh, our own inability to fight it off. We, we have herd immunity to influenza and RSV, so, you know, there may be some ability for many of us getting the flu shots and being exposed right. to it for years that we're able okay. to kind of fight that off, whereas this was a new, you know, they call it novel coronavirus, right. COVID-19, meaning that it's new to us. Now that we're all going through a 12-month cycle of potentially being exposed to it at one level or another and getting vaccinated, hopefully at some point we do build up a certain amount of herd immunity, and maybe over time we'll see that contagiousness wane okay. and improve. But some of it may have to do just with the the way the virus gets into our body and gets into the cells. And, um, you know, the, the vaccine is designed to teach our bodies to turn on something called the spike protein, and the spike protein is those things that you see on the pictures of the coronavirus and mm-hmm. attach it to the cell and get it in, intracellular into the into our own body. And then it starts using our own RNA and DNA to replicate itself. And basically, become, our bodies become then a manufacturing cell for, for the coronavirus. Right. There you go. You probably now know more about COVID-19 than you ever thought you would if you're listening to that right there. I wasn't listening. I got lost. <laughs> Phil <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> Phil, <laughs> no. Phil glazed over a little bit there. <laughs> No, that's interesting. I mean, because, you know, the I, I've always heard that the way it, it spread is very similar to the flu right. and that sort of thing. Right. So that's why I always kind of wondered, well, if it spread the same way, why is it more contagious than than the flu would be? Let me talk about something I do know. Oh, okay. The flu, <laughs> the, the <laughs> shutdown of uh, buffets, big buffet guy here. Uh, can you imagine um, those kind of things not being shut down and how we could have um, – Oh, yeah. I mean, you think yeah. about the flu and you go, well, last year, and potentially he's right here, we, we were 
we were social distanced from each other. We didn't eat at buffets. We didn't do the things that we normally did. So probably the flu did kind of. Maybe it went through a family or two, but some people. I'm not. Getting I, the flu I, didn't the it, yeah. I didn't see a single. I didn't see a single influenza patient all winter long, and what I was told at least a month ago, I know that we had some positive influenza tests come back at maybe a local urgent care in September, and then as we really went into kind of that that fall and winter lockdown. I was told that uh, that there were no positive influenza tests huh. run at Salina Regional. Now that may not be totally accurate, but it was the information I was given. Okay, I have an interview. Kids the every lab. year, do you, you see a pretty good, a pretty decent amount. And I'm not saying like 10 percent, but a decent amount of kids that come in with the flu, sure. maybe strep, whatever. Sure. I don't think it happened this year with the kids because the kids are the best ones at wearing their masks. It, the best ones that you know, particularly at school. And you know, little kids are always bringing that stuff home for the whole family. Right. If uh, somebody was sick, they had COVID. Yeah. That's I mean, what if you were like. if you were sick, unless it was pneumonia, or you know, you're an elderly person at a nursing home, and you clearly had pneumonia on a chest X-ray, if you were sick with a fever and cough and congestion and diarrhea, and really the thing that 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 changed, I remember listening to our our um, podcast from last year, and the one thing that I was telling you guys then it was. You know, the cough, the headache, right. the shortness of breath. What I didn't know after seeing a lot of it then for the next 12 months, uh, if you had um, achiness, mm -hmm. but you're, you lost the taste of or sense of taste and smell, yeah. right. I had no doubt that it was COVID. And right. even if okay. your test was negative four times in a row, I'd be like, man, you, you just did Probably test is. positive. You've got COVID. Um, okay. You've heard these things said around town. I've heard them said all on, on other, you know, other podcasts and stations. Would it be true or not true? If it was a positive COVID test, the hospital made more money. Would you say that? <laughs> I mean, is that something that is an accurate, I mean, did they get additional funds if it was a positive <clears throat> COVID test? I mean, that's what people naturally say all the time. So, so, so the, hosp maybe you don't the know hospitals, the I, it, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know the details of the finance side. Yeah. Do the hospitals get funding from the government to help with COVID and with the, the fight for COVID and, and yeah. dealing with the financial crisis? Yes, yeah. absolutely. The downside to that is that money could potentially, you may have to pay that back because- the hospitals, the majority of payment to a not-for-profit hospital comes from Medicare, Medicaid, and government-funded health sources. And other health insurances tend to follow what Medicare does, or CMS, right. what CMS does. So they're kind of like the IRS. They'll give you money, but it's not free money. And so there's a are, price that you pay for that. grants, they're calling them. Jerry Moran put out yesterday that he's very excited about a grant, and I'm assuming this comes from the 1.9 million billion trillion, trillion yeah. stimulus package in the state of Kansas, 19 million dollars, um, and two million went to the Salina. Tell me who this is. Um, give me one second. I think I wrote it down here. Salina Health Education Foundation. Okay. Yeah. Is that is that part of the hospital? Uh, no, it's a separate foundation, separate and I, okay. it, that may include Which, also the, good, good the, the residency, end. the medical school. I mean, there's a we have okay. a uh, so we have there's quite a few entities that go along with health education in Salina, and, and we are blessed to have. So that's a foundation those, they pay right, out money right, every year right, for certain things. Right, okay, right. And this is so so anyway. He put out a thing that they got that these places altogether got 19 million dollars. Out of 1.9 trillion, don't you guys to look at what percentage 19 million is of 1.9? There's a lot of zeros after the period. I, I couldn't even <laughs> one ten thousandth of a or a thousandth of a percent. Right. A thousandth of a percent went to out of. I mean, I think it's ridiculous. If you're truly, if you're passing a stimulus package or a package that's supposed to be helping healthcare, well, they should not be down in the ten thousandth of a percent. But here's the thing, money. Philip. And, and we're not going to get into the politics side of this tonight. We've done that. We'll do that again. <laughs> but that gives you, I mean, $1.9 trillion is a hard number to oh, get you, wrap to your wrap mind your, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're talking about $19 million, and it's 0.0001% of the overall package. Yeah. $19 million is a lot of Kansas. money. It is a lot of money, and Jerry Moran was bragging on it. So, but then whenever I looked at the, put it together, I went, Jerry, 
So that's not great. So that's one point nine trillion is a very, very large number of money that we don't yep. have that we just paid out. So that's I, all. I, I won't get into. I don't think any of us are opposed to people who have been displaced from their jobs. Mm-hmm. Their businesses have been closed. It has been a financial hardship for them to survive the last twelve months right. because of COVID and and the after effects of that. As we all know, this has become a highly political environment, no matter what your topic is over the past 12 months because of COVID and whether we shut things down and whether Mm -hmm. we vaccinate. And it just, you know, and, and we find that, you know, on the healthcare side, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or Democrat or Libertarian or what you are, you may feel like this is what I think because I'm a doctor and you're going to make a Democrat mad because you think of this and you're going to make a Republican mad because you think this and it it doesn't matter. I mean, there's you, people have just gravitated to their own opinion of what they think is the right thing. And and I get that. I think that tends to be kind of human nature a little bit. Yeah. We talked in the last couple of weeks, the the people that were probably devastated the most is the, uh, the hospitality. hospitality Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no longer a Kansas buffet. There's, it's, Yep. The, the uh, Chinese place was closed for the whole year, and then and then every bar was at minimum capacity. Yeah. Uh, the movie theater, you know, hasn't been opened. What? It's, I still yeah. it's still not open. I don't even think they're making movies in Hollywood. So that industry's been crushed. Yep. Others though have come out smelling like a rose, like anybody always does. Somebody will step up and make money off of it, and the, the mask people, yeah. <laughs> they've yeah. made a fortune, <laughs> right. and they're going to make it as we start stockpiling them for the next one. So. Right. Well, since we were talking about this, and and Sean mentioned it, you know, again, we won't get into the political side of this, but one thing that did very much get politicized is is the vaccine Um, between, you know, right around the election time between Republicans and Democrats, both saying, well, Trump's not doing this because he wants to get reelected and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But talk, let's talk about the vaccine for a little bit, because that's, that's the hot topic right now is you know, here in Saline County, at least they're starting to open up to more people. I know that they have more vaccines than they're giving out right now. So, uh, it, I, I read a deal the other day saying it's kind of an honor system as far as the qualifications, but you could pretty much go get a vaccine if you want. So m- my first question would be, do you, Sean, think that at this point the vaccines are safe and that there, you should have no concerns Obviously, if there's some underlying health issues and things like that, you've got to be careful of. But for somebody that's somewhat healthy and all that kind of stuff, you know, me, for example, 43, wouldn't say I'm the the epitome of health, but I'm not in bad health. Is it safe for me to go get a vaccine at this point, in your opinion? Absolutely. Without a without a doubt, I I think it's safe to get a vaccine. You know, there's things that we all do in our lives that we have higher risk of having an injury or a fatality from that we just do and take for granted. Driving, walking across the street, going outside, driving a car, flying in a plane, doing anything that, you know, I mean, there are, there are more dangerous things in life than getting a vaccine. Now, is there an inherent risk? Sure small, very minimal. Um, you know, I kind of liken it and, and people ask me about new medications that come out and antibiotics and what are the effects? And we're really worried about this. And I remind people that if aspirin were to try to pass the FDA regulation and not be over the counter, that it would not pass because more people die from aspirin than from other medications. And yet it's sold and readily available over the counter because it's been around for so long. It's a generic over the counter medication and you people have anaphylactic reactions and GI bleed and ulcers and other things from aspirin more so than any new medication that comes out. So all these things that you, when you see a commercial for the latest and greatest drug and they have all the little fine right. print right. and, you know, talk to your doctor and we have to put this on there, that those side effects are so small compared to what we tend to take over the counter, Tylenol, 
aspirin, those things are, are, are clearly more dangerous, but yet readily available. I think it's more dangerous for you to put your seatbelt on in your new car that has airbags and travel from here to Kansas City than it would be to get a shot, a vaccine. Unfortunately, there's a segment of the population that are against vaccinations. And they're very uh, vocal. They're very firm. Uh, they truly believe what they read. And, and I respect you their think opinion. That's all vaccinations. Well, yeah, or they're just they're, jumping into the. I mean, well, there there are there are true uh, anti-vaxxers who. Right. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the term that we use. Yeah. and I I, I, I don't mean that to be disrespectful to anybody. Um, I think it is because don't you still have to be vaccinated to start kindergarten? You don't have to. No, nope, you don't have either. to. Now. You can, you can. I they call it a, a. I don't know if it's a religious. Um, right. Right to not to you can well, say I've, but I've chosen high not to but of the kids in the school yeah most oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean I yeah. I know when we were kids and my kids uh, you get a letter in the mail that says okay you're due for the next one the next one the next yeah. one whatever the smallpox the well, polio I mean, this is or whatever I mean, all that we yeah. say because Morgan is fourteen but we had to I mean she had to have a vaccination card and we had to show that before she could go to school so I mean this is somewhat recent where you they are allowing kids to go to school if you have. To religious, point, religious reasons, reasons or whatever. As long as I've been, as long as I know, and I've been practicing, you could have had, you could have said, oh, "We don't okay. vaccinate," and, and and they could have okay. gotten out. That's I don't know when that, that, if that changed or if that's always been that way. It wasn't publicized, but um, if you didn't vaccinate, your kids could okay. still go. But um, so I think some of the people that are pushing fear on this now. I don't get. I just don't go to the doctor that much. I'm, I, thank I God I've been. Other than diabetes, I've been fairly healthy. Um, that's so, a big. That's a big if. Though. I know, but mine's <laughs> always been under control. So I won't, and I've never had the just lucky. Just uh, don't have any wood in here. Uh, just been lucky <laughs> right here. So but, do we violate uh, HIPAA if he's the one that says it? Since he's uh, no, I can say anything actually, I want oh, to no. about myself. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I'm not got, as I'm uh, not his doctor, and you're not his doctor. STD uh, I, problems. I talk about HIPAA all day. My STD. I talk about HIPAA all day at work. And, so I, I think there's a natural fear, and 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 you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of things that we have not been able to control as individual people over the last 12 months. You couldn't control the fact you. Couldn't go to a, you know, whatever else, concert, sporting event, school, right. work, or whatever. And this is one thing that people can control, and they can mm-hmm. make a choice over. And so even if you were okay with vaccines before, and these vaccines came out fairly quickly, they were developed quickly, and yeah. there's concern with that, which understandably you have concern. But these vaccines have been tested. They've used a lot of the same processes that they did with other vaccines. And so I think, I, I truly believe, as a physician, they're safe. Uh, my own experience with getting the vaccine and seeing patients who have gotten the vaccines, there there are people who don't feel good for a period of time. I think I saw more side effects with the Moderna vaccine than I did with the Pfizer vaccine. We are just now starting to see the Johnson & Johnson come out. So I've not seen anybody who's had the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. But I didn't see anybody that had a true anaphylactic reaction. And in fact, the numbers nationwide of people who have had anaphylactic reaction to the vaccine is very small. The ones that it happens to definitely would get blown up. I mean, that's just the way life works. Uh, hey, right. said we're not going to get into the political no, aspect. That's not poli- that's no, it's just political. But, it, yeah. but mean, it is. The media itself will but it blow is. up oh, yeah. the case yeah. and, make, no. and put the fear in everybody in the right. world. Right. And uh, I think that that's half the factor is just the fear factor of uh, if you uh, listen to the media tell you the stories and not listen to the okay. facts, well, hopefully we can. And you hit it on the, the nail on the head, Sean. I mean, I, I've been cautious. I've not had the vaccine yet. And the thing that concerns me is exactly what you said. And I get that there's better technology. The drug companies were actually working together versus competing with each other to try to get something done as quickly as possible. Um, Obviously, the financial support, previous coronavirus research that had been done, all those things allowed them to make that vaccine quicker. But to think that the quickest before, at least from my research, was the mumps vaccine, which took about four years Mm -hmm. to do. 
and they did this in less than a year. We're That's my concern. Now. We're smart. That was now, that is right? my concern at this point. Sure, but so. don't we have more smart people now than we ever had? <laughs> I mean, and, and, and all literally, we have, we have literally, computers now. No, right. I mean the computers do it all. It up. We're all being replaced by computers anyway. It used so to take know. years to build a bridge across the uh, Mississippi right. River, and now they can do it in a month or two. Right. So right. We've learned from the past. Yeah. We we've learned from our our mistakes in the past. Um, I, I do think that these vaccines are. Um, safe and effective and they are helping build immunity and you know if you i mean so if you give out 10 million vaccines and you prevent a hundred deaths in coronavirus and you have two deaths from the vaccine You know, at some point, that's where we are at in the healthcare world is you have to look at is the treatment better than the than the the disease. And even if it comes with side effects, it's still better in in the end. You've saved 98 lives. Now, it really it's unfortunate if you have people that have side effects or potentially death from a vaccine. That is so extremely rare. Yeah. But. The coronavirus, we know, is deadly, and it's deadly to a higher percentage of people than the other flu viruses that we see go around and and, and viral respiratory illnesses that go around this time of the year. Let's talk a little bit about where we're at today. Um, And we're we're on that conversation right now because we do have a vaccine now, but let's talk about these things like... um, the ban of wearing masks being lifted in Texas and and that's 13, just starting because Sedgwick states. County did it today mm-hmm. and yep. Dickinson County did it last right. week Ellsworth Reno. County. okay so. so where are we at today where you would say okay it's getting there we're getting there where we can quit wearing masks I mean these people must think that it's okay in these thir- right. I think it's thirteen states uh, well I think but, I think I think it's going to be tough to ever get rid of masks. I think what we learned in the last year is that when we first went into coronavirus and the pandemic and the social distancing and the shutdown, uh, there was a lot of what best known medical knowledge. People said, yeah, you can wear the mask, but we don't think it's going to do a lot. You can socially, you know, we really just need to shut everything down. Once we shut everything down and then started coming out and people wearing masks, we found out that, gosh, these things really do work. I mean, we're not seeing influenza. We're not seeing RSV. We're still seeing COVID, but not to the level we thought we were going to see it. So I don't think you're ever going to not see masks because there are those of us in the population who have seen the effect of it. It's like wearing your seatbelt. Right. You know, you can, I mean, it's it would be basically like saying, hey, you don't have to wear your seatbelt. You know, you don't you don't have to do the things you don't have to vaccinate your kids. You don't have to do the things that we know save lives, but it's free world, free country. You can do you can make the choice yourself. What's right for you and your family. I think you're right on the particularly the older crowd. I heard them last night just out of great life saying, hey, we really don't mind because I haven't had the flu this year. I haven't had the. And so I think the older population may be more okay with it than I thought they were. Mm -hmm. Um it's probably me that's not okay with it. I hate wearing a mask everywhere. Right. I hate wearing a mask trying to interview somebody. I hate, right. I want to see if they've got teeth when I'm interviewing them, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so there's people like me that don't say I'm against it and I don't think it doesn't work. I just don't like wearing them. I don't want to wear them. I want people to see my face. Did I want you, to see other people's faces. Yeah. Did you wear it on the plane? I mean, you had to wear it yes, on the plane, Well, right? yeah, of course. So if you're you in an enclosed told. situation where you don't have a whole lot of control over who's around you, right. and you think, yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, it's November of 2022, and coronavirus is kind of behind us, and we're all feeling good, are you still going to feel okay getting on a plane with people coughing and sneezing around you and not have your mask on? I don't know. I always was before, so yeah, I don't know how I'm yeah. going to change. Yeah, right, right. You'd always <laughs> so have the I, one person you know, get on the plane. I'm not. I'm going to. That will start a typically coughing. Asian person that would get on the plane, <laughs> always with wearing a mask. mask. Yeah. Right, and right. you'd be like, and you know right. why? They, <laughs> but you know, I mean, what's wrong with so that? So they've guy? been around it. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think but the I social I stigma and the yeah. People, I'm not going to mind being told on the plane, even years from now, as long as I can go on the plane. Right, yeah. right. And and they may keep that rule intact in the. But plane. you're not going to see somebody wearing a mask and. 
think that they're weird yeah. or make fun of What's wrong with not them? Not now. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no. And, and I, I think that's as long as we're at that point where everybody's okay with whether you want to do it or not. If 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 there's a percentage of the population wearing a mask and 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 they feel that that protects them, we know it protects them, but they feel comfortable wearing it, and you and you don't. I, I think you know, you're right. It won't go away. Yeah, there's going to be these people yeah. that will wear it everywhere. Well. So speaking of going forward and, and the vaccines, this is a question that I have, and I, I'm sure we don't have the answer to this yet, but I'm curious to, to know what you've heard or what you've read as you've researched this stuff a little bit. But, um, you know, for example, they were saying if you, if you contract COVID, you typically will have the antibodies for, I mean, two to three, six months. Yeah, I mean, everybody's right. a little different. Up to than six that, months, right. right, right. So. Uh, and I know it's not the same thing having the antibodies from fighting the, the virus off versus getting the vaccine. But if I got the vaccine today, am I going to have to get it again in six months? Is it going to last? I mean, I understand we're trying to build the um, immunity to it, and that's going to take some time. But we have not seen those recommendations in a hard, fast, here's what we're going to do ruling yet. I think there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of study going into that, a lot of um, crunching the numbers, checking antibody levels right. after people get vaccines. I suspect that we will settle on getting a coronavirus vaccine like you do the influenza right. vaccine, once one, hopefully once a right. year, maybe twice a year, depending on if we if we lose an immunity. I, I still think that with the coronavirus um immunity at best right now we're seeing six months and we have had some people who are coming back getting reinfected that had it back in june of last year right. and that are coming back and, and been reinfected so we might be lucky to get 12 months worth of vaccine don't be surprised and if we go back and do this podcast again a year from now or five years from now we can we can listen to this don't be surprised if the flu vaccines once a year and the coronavirus vaccines twice a year and that just is what you need to, to keep your immune system up. So an another question I have along the lines of the vaccine is, if I get the vaccine, so obviously the idea is that, that if you're exposed, that your body will be able to fight that off. So either the, the symptoms will be not as bad or right. non-existent. Right. Can you still spread COVID-19 if you've got the vaccine? Right. Because yes. that's the big thing is people are like, well, why do I have to wear a mask? If I got vaccinated, right, uh, you can you can still spread it. Probably not as contagious as you would be if you caught it, had a fever, coughing, and spitting right. it out. But you still can have the virus on you, in you, and you can still spread it through respiratory droplets, uh, just like you can if you've had the va if you've had COVID six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. You recovered from it. You're completely asymptomatic, but you could potentially get exposed to it again from, you know, someone. Then you know, if you open the movie theaters back up and somebody sitting next to you right. then spreads it to you, you're going to fight it off, but right. it's still in your system, and you right. could then pass that to someone else the next right. day. So yeah, okay. yeah, because that was the other big thing I've I've heard a lot of people talk about is well, if I'll get a vaccination, but I don't want to wear a mask anymore. So does that make me immune to having you, you, to do that? Not to get, once the once the yeah. mask ordinance is lifted. Not to in. not to dig too deep into the the medical scientific basis behind that, but you know when you are sick and infected, that virus is replicating really highly in your body. Mm -hmm. When you're exposed to it, it may be a carrier state like we see of strep throat. There's not as much viral particle, mm -hmm. and so. It all comes down to, you know, at what point are you the most contagious? It's when you have the highest volume of virus per droplet and you're spreading that to someone else. So, yeah. So does this, do you think moving forward, this changes the way that we, um, I guess, address, because it's not as big of a deal, SARS and MERS and other coronaviruses like that, as far as can we get a vaccine that's good for everything? I mean, I know those aren't obviously... Uh, right. near as prevalent right, right. now as, right. as COVID is, but right. uh, is that something that you think that can come I, out of this? I hope, uh, you know, I, I think we've learned a lot about viruses and I think everybody <laughs> understands at least a minimal level of understanding of, of microbiology and virology mm -hmm. in particular. Um, but I don't think it's 
realistic to think that we will have a vaccine that will cover everything. But maybe, I mean, down the road, who knows? I mean, we've wiped out, we've been pretty effective at wiping out smallpox and right. potentially, you know, for the most part, wiping out polio and other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't see chicken pox in practice hardly at all. Yeah. You know, we see shingles periodically, so we know people are getting exposed to it or had gotten exposed. I had it. You guys probably had it. Most of our kids haven't had it. I never you know, you mentioned you mean that? the vaccination for it. No, just just the chickenpox. Oh, well, chicken no, chicken yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but your kids didn't. No, yeah. I I, I did. still have a scar. Yeah, know, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I never thought of that until you just mentioned that. That when I was a kid, I mean, every kid got chickenpox they at brought, some point. They brought kids over to be so, exposed to them, right, so they'd get right, it right. And I haven't. Parties. Yeah, I haven't heard of a, a pot, you know Morgan's class and kids yeah. and stuff school. I haven't heard of a chickenpox. I mean, I see head lice more than chicken pox. <laughs> I tell you, that's the, that's the spreader in the school now. Big head lice. Head lice. So, yes. well, we're you know, almost something else. Something else that uh, and you chip in. It's nothing to do with the medical, but the things that coronavirus changed in my mind yep. the most. That just the outward things that changed in life. We were talking about the long drive-throughs at Chick Fil A, mm-hmm. the long drive-throughs at McDonald's. I have a f- suspicion they may never may never go back to. Bringing people inside a lot of stores. a lot of fast food restaurants are looking at because concepts right now so well yeah. without and dining less, rooms and less employees yep. and everything. Yep. The uh, brick and mortar buildings of uh, call centers and things like that, where everybody's staying at home, those buildings may there's d- buildings in between Dallas and Fort Worth that's just been built like a huge insurance company, and they said they'll probably never move in. There's going to be a lot of commercial real estate yeah. available yeah. in yeah. the near. So that, that's perfect. Stay. I was going to say we got about five minutes left before we hit an hour, so I was going to talk about changes that we've seen since COVID-19 we kind of go around and, and talk about things. So like, for example, a year ago, there was maybe a bottle of hand sanitizer in my house. Now I have a bottle of hand sanitizer in every vehicle, every bag, every room. Not just room. a bottle, probably a gallon well, jug of yeah. it. Yeah. Right. So that was one change I, I noticed. I don't think it's not a bad thing for us to think about our health at the forefront of everything we do. And I think the one thing we had all realized is that we were taking it all for granted. If you're otherwise, if you're in your teens to 50 mm-hmm. and you really didn't have a whole lot of health issues, I mean, you're a diabetic and, and you even say, ah, but I'm pretty well controlled and I'm otherwise healthy and I'm not worried about this stuff. We tend to take those things for granted. Now we all understand, at least to some extent, Protecting your health is at the forefront, just like putting your seatbelt on, you know, brushing your teeth, you're getting your vaccines, you're wearing your mask, you're doing all the things you know you're supposed to do. So we're, we're, we're all trying to lose weight. We're all trying to go on low carb diets. We're all trying to do these things that get our, you know, help us stay healthy. I think this just adds to it. I'll tell you what, the one thing that, and maybe it's always been around, but I don't know that in the last year I've seen anything that could be less politicized, political size become that way yeah where everyone should have thought you would think sort of the same thing right but it it made a division in our yep. whole yeah. country right and it, it didn't sh- help it, that's it, for it sure. never should have it, right. never, it never should have been a division over something that's like you're saying just your health uh, so how many masks did you own a year ago you know uh, i was just telling lisa i counted and i've got these express masks that are the uh, gators yep. whatever uh, just in my pickup, I had thirteen. Right. In how many did pickup, you? How many masks did you pickup. have a year ago? And a year ago, didn't None. own one. And Not I a one. Wore a gator because I'd have thought, man, that thing's hot on my neck. Uh, I mean, I had a real yeah. thick one that now we wore when we go skiing or something. Right. But. Oh, absolutely. I've got a Yankee one, five OU ones, and thirteen Express ones. Now everybody, <laughs> everybody knows how far six feet is, so you yeah. can pretty much look and say that's six foot. So. Yeah. The other one is Zoom bombing. That wasn't even a term a year ago, and now everybody knows what the Zoom, Zoom bombing meetings is. Meetings and everything. Yep. Well, people, you know, we at work, we uh, this was early on when we started everybody working from home, and we started use we had used Zoom for about a year before um, this all happened. We've been using it for a couple of years, but we had somebody just join the meeting, and pornography shows up on the screen, and you're like. <laughs> Okay, so we learned how to lock down Zoom meetings and uh, admit people and all that kind of stuff pretty quick because people had their their Zoom link that we, I had a Zoom link that's mine. I pay for. I use it all the time. Right. Never had anything locked down, so people could just if they know it, they just join it. Yeah. So you're if you're in the middle of a meeting, 
um, you better be prepared for what they're about to do. I remember we're like, um, anybody, anybody know who this David is that just joined? And next thing I know, we got porn on the screen. So it, uh, hey, could I get your login please? So, yeah. so the other thing that was interesting to me is, is telehealth. So, I mean, yep. you know, we've had that for a couple of years yep. now on our insurance plan. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would be okay. Like usually I get, uh, my allergies are pretty bad in the springtime. So it was almost perfectly to a T every year around the same time I would, I would get a sinus infection. So for those kind of things, I would probably have been comfortable doing that. But around here, I don't think most people are comfortable. I think they still want to go see the doctor, but telehealth has just gotten, I'm sure you guys, well, maybe not you, because when you see people, it's more than a, a doctor in a, in a different state. Well, Dr. Help, Williams but, has seen right. the kids on Zoom calls probably three times right. this year, right. this yeah. past yeah. year. Telehealth has, has, has boomed, and it, it, it really um, it was growing. We were trying to promote it. it. It was something that to get access to doctors, we really felt like that was the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But COVID has forced the hand and made yeah. that become yeah. really part well of the normal now. trend. Yeah. yeah, no, it does work Contactless well. payments. I mean, I've... I go to Dylan's and places like that. I, I still see people write checks. Everybody, or I shouldn't say everybody, a lot more people are using contactless payment type things. I mean, I use Apple Pay and, and uh, all that kind of stuff more than I've ever used before. Yep. The one thing I think we've noticed that's been a significant negative side effect, and in your line of work, maybe you, you can speak to it a little bit, but I truly feel that customer service, though, in general, has tanked oh yeah i mean just if if you order something to be delivered a food item and it gets there and it's wrong that who, who are you going to talk yeah, yeah. that's bad. just the way it is yeah there were, deal, there were deal people with it. asking us at one point do you offer customer service classes because it's almost <laughs> like they come out not having the common sense to right. but that's in so many different roles i had a guy come in yesterday he's going to do a drug test young kid and uh he says to me as we're going back, he goes, is it okay if I go ahead and poop when I'm back there? <laughs> Literally asks that while he's in to do a drug test. And I think to myself, why do you not have enough sense to not ask me? <laughs> if you got to go back there and take care of your business, take care of it. But it's like people's... So just, did you give him two cups? Uh, they just don't get it. <laughs> you know, I was going to ask one, maybe we'll get to some last wrap-ups here. But one of the reasons me and Kevin started this podcast was we wanted to talk about Trips, vacations, right. things like that. We and we've talked over the last couple of podcasts. I think I missed two trips to Cabo yeah. and a trip to I can't remember where else. Maybe we were going to go to Cancun one time or something. But we we've missed on some mm-hmm. cool trips because of coronavirus. Uh, Kevin's missed out on several. Same way this year. Did you get? disappointed in anything have to miss oh, out absolutely. on anything that yep. you yep. were looking forward to yeah oh yeah we usually take a trip to colorado in the in the fall there's a conference there that we go to that got canceled and i think when i was here a year ago we were going to nashville to a concert yeah, and that got yeah. canceled yeah. and we have we have not been anywhere did you never make it to nashville then oh no That's no and right. sean's a concert guy too so yeah. that was yeah. that was hard for him to go a year it's been very tough i think a tornado hit just about that it did, the, the same time. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's you right. might have been there for the tornado well no we were yeah it, it, it was right before yeah so so those those things is what me and kevin have said yeah. has affected us the most even in our podcast we didn't have sports to talk about for right. a long time well, last right. year and if we they didn't s- have any travel to talk about they say you got to have a vaccine to go traveling I'll be I'll in line tomorrow yeah, morning. I'll get one. <laughs> and you know, I'm I, ready to go. I, I've yeah. read where some of the uh, major airlines have said that that might be uh, in the in the talks. Right so now. we've got a golf trip that was actually it was canceled last year. It was in July, and it was a Scotland golf trip. I turned fifty last year, yep. so a group of my buddies and I were going to Scotland last year to go golf. That got canceled, but it got put off. It's rescheduled for this year in July, but we are waiting to hear and yeah. probably won't know until the middle of April how open. Yes, right. Yeah. I love The Scotland. ladies gave us a lot yeah. of uh, good advice on the last two podcasts yep. ago. The ladies yeah. were on that was talking a, about some of those countries yeah. uh, that are – they're probably going to require that you have the, oh, yeah. the shot. That was a great whatever. podcast, by the way. I think I'm going to reach out to them before I go about – Good. Yeah, they're good girls. Helping them good. with the airfare. Yeah, that was, I, you know, I, I said this, I think, on the last podcast, but I consider myself somewhat of a seasoned traveler, mm-hmm. and uh, I definitely uh, learned something from them. So I guess this is their plug, right? So yeah. if you're looking for some, some travel advice or need some help with something, give 
Charity or Janelle a call. So at, where do you get a hold of them at again? That was um, uh, there's a couple of places that we could do it. Um, I mean, the, oh, it's on our it's on our Facebook right. It's page on our Facebook page. It's probably the easiest um, to just go to our Facebook page and we'll periodically put the link up to their website there, so you can do that, or you can go to just wondermoretravel.com. Wondermore Travel. Yep. They say Insuline and now. Are you feeling a lot better about where we're headed? On the coronavirus, back on the sure, coronavirus. Sure. Are you feeling pretty good or yeah, better? Yeah, no. The numbers have significantly gone down in the last month and a half. Um, you know, I, I, I can't say it's gone. Um, and yeah. I think the thing with coronavirus that everybody needs to remember is that it's not seasonal. Flu is tends to be seasonal. Right. Um, coronavirus does not. And so I think it's helping that people have either had it, been exposed, or getting the vaccine. But as soon as things start opening back up and people start doing things, we will see a resurgence of it again. And as immunity wanes, we're going to see people have more issues. So it's not like as it's going away, it's not coming back. It'll continue right. to come back. So that's not, one of the things that be was prepared. kind of a, a uh, misnomer that even President Trump even had said at the time, well, when summer gets here, it'll kill it all. Yeah, the, the heat will kill it And all. I would have believed that, Which, too, at the time. He didn't know, know any more than I right? knew. And, yeah. But so, I think the next couple of weeks will be telling. I mean, we were talking about this before we started the podcast with spring break. A lot of people traveling over the yep. past couple of weeks, more so than has been in the last 365 days. I'm telling days. you, Vegas was packed so, full. I mean, you saw, was packed you full. saw the stuff on South Beach and Miami on the beaches yep. oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see over the yep. next few weeks as, as that, you know, kind of tails off and everybody settles back into their normal lives if, if we see a resurgence and a spike in those in those cases. Every time you guys go to Vegas, I know this is just me talking to people in general, and they'll say, oh, yeah, I want enough to almost pay for my trip. Has that ever happened to anybody really? If, if, no. if a lot no, of people I, were doing I, that, those I, buildings I, would be small. I paid for four trips out <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. No. Ridiculous. No. no, that's what we were – I was talking to Kelly about this a few weeks ago because – uh, this trip to Vegas that we're doing in a couple of weeks that again, we had a golf, we do a golf Stay trip out of the year. casino. They're going Last year was canceled. We're right. doing it this year. Um, the flight was 200 bucks and we're paying $18 a night for yep. our room. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's cheap. Um, and we were talking about how cheap the trip was this year compared to years past. And I said, well, I well that just means I'm going to drink slots. and gamble more. <laughs> they so. tightened up the slots. <laughs> yeah. so don't get too For anybody that. going to Vegas who <laughs> is single and looking to mingle, be careful. Syphilis is making a comeback. <laughs> oh, oh. So be careful. Hey, there's our next podcast topic. <laughs> Syphilis is on the comeback. Yeah. So, Well, Sean, you are our first repeat guest. Oh, nice. So thank you for coming again. I, yep. um, I get my Coors Light. We'll see my, if we I can't like uh, break some records from that first podcast. I'll have to... I'll have to go back and look and see how many downloads we had of that and see if we can break the record on you're that. Gonna boost, but, uh, you're going to have to boost this time. So last time uh, when yeah. you were here, did we have the koozies yet? Did yes. You get, okay, I couldn't remember because I knew it was But I've, I've given them Paul, out or I've lost remember. them, so we'll, I need more. We'll hook you up. Did you yep, ask him so. any questions? Are you going to ask him any questions? No, we're at, we're at an hour and an seven hour. minutes right, right now, so we probably should wrap her up. And but well, Thanks, we, Sean. We appreciate you Absolutely. coming back thanks, on. Thanks, guys. This is great. And help clearing some of the information up. and. Phil, I guess we'll be back in a couple weeks. The Big 12, I mean, not the Big 12, the NCAA tournament will be getting close. Let's just go ahead and make a prediction here. I'm going to go with Baylor all the way. Baylor all the way. So as bad as, my, uh, as bad as my bracket has been, I'm going safe <laughs> with Gonzaga. All right. Wow. Sean? USC, they yeah, look pretty good. Yeah, the other I'll night. take USC. They beat KU. <laughs> Don't say Illinois. Don't say Illinois. <laughs> yeah. so, all right. Well, we'll see you again in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.